You're tuned in to Atlanta Fringe Audio, the podcasting network of the Atlanta Fringe Festival. Welcome, dear listeners, to this episode of Speak Up, a special podcast series presented by Scranton Fringe, The Black Scranton Project, and Park Multimedia. Special thanks to Lackawanna County for their support. All episodes of Speak Up star and are made by a team of students from across Northeast Pennsylvania. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Cutting Edge Podcast, your home for entertaining stories, hard-hitting tales, and eye-opening experiences. This episode, we will be diving into the cryptid, the creative, and the corrupted. I am your host for this episode, Terry Thompson, and I am joined by three wonderful guests who are going to be sharing their words with you very soon. Real quick, I just want to do a rundown for how the Cutting Edge Podcast works. This show is nothing without our guest speakers. Each speaker will have an allotted time to speak at our quote unquote podium. They may talk about whatever they would like, be it a fictional tale, a real life experience that means a lot to them. At the end of their talk, I and the other guests may ask whoever is speaking some follow-up questions to gauge and better understand their topic of choice. Once they are finished following up, they may take their place in the audience and the next guest goes up and so on and so forth. All right, so without further ado, I want to welcome to the stage our first speaker. They are into all things spooky, cryptid, and mysterious. I would like to introduce Sophia Hines to the stage. They are going to be giving us some background on some of your favorite cryptids. Hi, I'm Sophia, and who wants to hear a history on the Loch Ness Monster? She's known as the Loch Ness Monster, or just Nessie. She is a cryptid around the Loch Ness Lake in Scotland. One of the first reported sightings of our wonderful creature, Nessie, was on May 2nd of 1933 by a local couple wandering around the lake. Believed to be a myth, investigations of the lake proved to be inconclusive, but I'd love to share some tales with you. First, I'd like to go into a bit of a history on our on our Nessie, a little bit of detail on her first sighting. She was sighted in Loch Ness Lake in Scotland by a couple on May 2nd, as I mentioned before. She's believed to be a myth, but I'd love to think of her as real. I'm I'm one for all things weird and supernatural. Now, uh, I'd like to dive in a bit of a history lesson. Reports of her actually date back to ancient times, and some stone carvings actually depict a mysterious beast with flippers, which uh, resembles our wonderful dinosaur-looking girl, Nessie. The first written account from the Century Biography of St. Columbia, which I find very interesting, uh, ac- what looked to be like flipper prints or footprints were found near the lake's shores. And if she were to be real, she's believed to be a plesiosaur that went extinct 65.5 million years ago. Though, 
Scientists don't believe she exists, but I'd love to think that she is. Are there uh, any questions for me from any of my fellow guests? Yeah, yeah, if I could go first, if that's okay. Um, what made you so interested in cryptids, like, in the first place? Uh, I've always been interested in stuff that is very weird and supernatural. They're just shrouded in mystery, and I always love the mysterious aspect of things and how, unlike uh, stories or something, they feel more real and easier to attach to. So I have a question. Do you truly believe Nessie is real? Yes, I do. And I actually have a few uh, other sightings that were from more recent years. A few of them from 2022 and the one that was the first reported sighting of 2023. So first, let's go into the ones from last, this past year. Well, this is from a website I found while looking for these stories that just shares the 10 best of all the Nessie sightings reported in 2022. And this is a quote from the website. There has been no shortage of supposed Loch Ness monster sightings in 2022. For those interested in capturing evidence of the mythical beast's existence, with so many alleged sightings of Nessie over the years, it's no surprise that this year provided us with plenty of photos and videos to pour over. While not every sighting is made it onto the official Loch Ness Monster Sightings Register, they are all worth looking into. We have covered plenty of these sightings over the past 12 months, and to celebrate the start of the new year, we have compiled a list of the 10 we believe to be the most interesting. I will only be talking about three of them, but uh, these are just the ones that I thought sounded most interesting. And the first official Loch Ness Monster sighting of 2022 recorded after a three-month drought. Once again, these are direct quotes. I did not make any of these words. All credit goes to the people who wrote this website. Back in March, a Loch Ness monster hunter reported the first official sighting of the year after spotting what he said were two objects moving parallel to each other on the surface of Loch Ness. Irishman Eowyn O. Fadhagen <laughs> is a veteran Nessie hunter and regularly records sightings via the Loch Ness webcam. I'm so sorry for butchering that name. His March sighting ended more than three months of no official sightings after it was marked up on the official Loch Ness Monster Sightings Register. Well, that was our first one. Next is the tourist who captured a Loch Ness Monster on sonar 400 feet below the surface. The second official Nessie sighting of the year was reported when a tourist stated he captured what he believed to be the Loch Ness Monster on sonar, lurking over 400 feet under the surface. Tom Ingram was left speechless when he saw something big appear on a tourist boat's sonar. At first, he thought it was just a crew playing a prank before he realizing it was, in fact, real. Personally, if I was this guy, I'd be so hyped. <laughs> and for our last tale before I move on to our next very wonderful guest who happens to be a personal friend of mine uh, a Highland resident of 30 years left stunned by sighting 
In April, a local resident who works near Loch Ness spoke of his shock after spotting what he believed to be the famous monster. Glenn Blevins has lived in the area for more than 30 years before the sighting and said he had never seen anything like it. He saw a large object in the loch when looking through his binoculars, commenting, I was near the Aldori Castle on Friday, 15th of April, working on the banks of the loch when I saw a large animate ob- when I saw a large object in the water between both banks of the loch at approximately 9.30 a.m. Those are all the stories I have to share with you. Uh, wonderful website. Recommend you go check it out. Um, yeah, uh, what makes cryptid so different from, like, a regular monster? Well, regular monsters, like monsters in children's stories and ones that are made up, are simply just made to scare people in a way that conveniences them. Like if a parent makes up a monster for their kids, it's most likely to make them go to bed or eat their vegetables. Uh, but cryptids are, if they are made up, they're not made up to scare people. Some crypt- cryptids, like the Loch Ness Monster, were meant to give the area local lore. Cryptids are creatures pre- created by pure speculation and local evidence. Monsters are made by parents to be scared of, and cryptids are mysterious creatures of mystery made to be questioned. Wonderful, Sophia. Thank you so very much. Um, that was some fantastic insight on um, Nessie that I thought I knew a lot about, but apparently I did not know that much about. So thank you very much. Um, up next, we have Peyton McVicker, our resident music fan. They are going to be sharing with us some info about one of their favorite artists, Cave Town. So let's give it up for Peyton. Hi, everyone. I'm Peyton. Um, one of my favorite music artists is called Cave Town, and his actual name is Robin Skinner. He grew up in England, and he has been recording and writing music since he was 14 years old. Most of his songs have to do with like sad emotions and relationships and stuff, but some of them have more happier emotions. One of his songs is called Talk to Me. It is about people who could feel safe when talking to friends. In this case, him. Another song is called Hug All Your Friends. It's basically about being happy with the friends you have and not leaving them. Before we open up like the, the questions section, you know, I, I, I've only heard one song from Cave Town so far. I think I've told you earlier when we talked, it's called Fool, and I really like it. I like his like bedroom pop, like sort of like, you can tell he kind of like makes a lot of his own music like in his room or just like by himself. I really like that style of music. Um, you know, he reminds me a lot of like Claro, if you ever heard of Claro, like that and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Claro's great. Um, Cape Town's great too, though. <laughs> um, so I guess that leads me into the first question that we have. Why do you think that you relate to his music so much? Well, um, his audience, well, I think is, um, basically geared toward, um, like young adults and teens and, I think that, like, since he was, like, a teenager for most of his career, um, he just, like, used his personal life and stuff to um, do that. And um, I guess I relate to him in, like, how his songs are um, have to do with, like, 
teenagers and stuff. Yeah, definitely like appeals to like the younger crowd and, you know, hug your friends, you know. I mean, everyone every age probably hug their friends, you know, make them feel close to you. But I can understand that. Fantastic. Any other questions? So why exactly do you like him so much? Um, well, like I said before, it's like geared toward audiences my age and um I just like the style of his music and stuff. I have a question. What's your favorite Cave Town song? And why would you say it's your favorite? Um Yes. Every one of them's good apparently. I can agree, I can agree. Now that I think about it, I don't think I could pick a favorite either. Yeah. What about what about the ones you listed, like Talk to Me or Hug All Your Friends? Do you have those ones like stand out to you? Um Well there is um an album um and it's called like the actual name of it is 16 four, sixteen with like numbers and stuff but um it's like like every single one of the songs in there is just like um really relatable to me and it's cool thank you so much i won't tell the audience about your whole like playlist of all cave town songs you know so we'll, we'll keep that one we won't call you out too much this time you just did say it well you know <laughs> the magic of editing but if it makes it into the final podcast, that's cool, too. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much, Peyton. Uh, and last but certainly not least, we have our very own Chloe Ratchko. Chloe is going to be sharing some words on some racial issues and her perspective on these very tough matters. So let's give the floor over to our own Chloe Ratchko. Uh, hi, everyone. I'm Chloe. So I wanted to talk about racism and how it affects people it targets. The most common place to find racist comments is the magical world of the internet, most commonly in chat rooms or underneath pictures or videos. A lot of people who make these comments think it's funny or quote-unquote just a joke. Most comments on people's skin color or and stereotypes aren't cool and lead to a lot of bad things. What kind of bad things? Stuff like Stuff like this can lead to people to fall into states of depression, types of anxieties, and suicidal thoughts. Thank you, Chloe. Thank you so much. Um, you know, it, it's tough to ask questions on like topics like this, you know, like very serious topics. But I mean, I guess my only question would be like, what do you think is the best way to like combat racism? Like from like, you know, either point of view, like the victim or like the person like directing in like what what do you think so i think the best way to combat racism is with self-pride because racism is supposed to like tear you down and make you hate yourself in certain ways so i think if you just like show who you are and be happy with your skin color then that's a great way to do it fantastic thank you i have a question for you chloe so um, do you have any words of advice for people who are victims of racist comments? Yes. So if you're a victim of racist comments, I think you should just take pride in yourself. Like I said with Terry, the best way to defend yourself against racism is to prove that you don't care 
just to walk away from it and say, I'm proud of who I am and just to be happy with who you are. That's very nice. I have a, I have a question for you, Chloe. Um, now, I understand that it obviously is, but from your point of view, do you think the world is a better place now versus back then when it comes to racism? Well, in ways, yes, because back then African-American people couldn't vote and could barely do anything. So now it's definitely quite a bit better. But with all of the new things that are out there, social media and new like racial slurs and stuff, it is getting back to the point, I feel, where it's not good. It was never good, but we're getting back to the point where... It's just like regressing a little mm-hmm. bit, right? It's going back to how it was, and it's getting worse again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good in some ways, but like a little worse than like some others. Understand? Thank you, Chloe. Thank you so much, Chloe. That was fantastic insight. You know, fantastic commentary. You know, you guys may be young, but you guys are like so much further along than when I was your age. Or it's just fantastic. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, all right. Well, as we begin to wind down, I want to thank all of you out there for listening. This episode has been a ton of fun to create, so we hope it was just as much fun to listen to. I want to thank our three awesome guests, Sophia, Peyton, and Chloe. Without these three, this show would not have been possible. And I mean that. They, like, created this whole thing. I I had, like, zero input, so this was, like, all them. Uh, This has been the Cutting Edge Podcast. That's Sophia. That's Peyton. That's Chloe. And I'm Terry. Signing off. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Speak Up, a podcast project with Scranton Fringe Festival in partnership with the Black Scranton Project and Park Multimedia. For more information about Scranton Fringe, please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok, or go to our website, scrantonfringe.org. You can binge all of our audio shows at atlantafringe.org slash fringe dash audio or wherever you enjoy your podcasts.